Welcome everyone to another episode of Wellness Wednesday Inspiration. My name is Fernanda. I'm here with Dr. Linda Marquez. And today is all about pain. What's the cause of pain? What's the answer to pain? What's the prescription for pain? What's the treatment and the cure? So today's podcast episode, it's called the Pain Cure Rx. And to talk about pain, we have a wonderful guest that we are bringing you today. And he's going to give us all of the information about all of these. And if you are if you are someone who's dealing with pain, chronic pain, or you know someone who's dealing with pain, please make sure that you share this podcast, that you invite those people. Please ask any questions. We'll be happy to present those questions to Dr. Mitchell so he can answer them for you. And let's all learn and engage and really learn and empower ourselves on how to live a better life. Dr. Linda, how are you today? I'm great. I'm I'm excited about our guests. I'm actually ready to take notes. Oh, <laughs> so I'm getting all my information. I'm getting things ready here. I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to take some notes because mm-hmm. I love... Um, you know, like every week, whether we have a guest or we learn from each other, I still take notes. Even like when you and I do things together, mm-hmm. um, I will I have my notes, <laughs> taking them. And then, of course, always going back and listening to some of our own podcasts. And it's like, wow, because we get so caught up in the moment. But I'm excited to be uh, to actually have him. And um, why don't we go ahead and introduce this wonderful, amazing person. So our guest today is Dr. Mitchell Yoss, and he's the creator of the Yoss Method and the way um, that what that method is for, it's for the purpose of diagnosing and treating chronic pain. And we know the stats and the numbers are, and he'll probably give you more of the updated uh, numbers when it comes to pain, because that's what brings a lot of people to our offices to see us. And because practicing um, practicing physical medicine and functional medicine, that's a big component. We do see a lot of people with chronic issues and, of course, chronic pain. Um, so the beautiful thing about having Dr. Mitchell here, he is a doctor of physical therapy. He's been in practice for 20, 28 years. He's written three books. He's had a PBS special and in the midst of working with, you know, just thousands of people, he created what's called the YAS method. So I'm excited to, to hear about that. So it's a method really to help um, the patients resolve their pain so that they can go back to living a full functioning, better than normal life. So I'm excited to to have him on. He is going to talk about how this can be done without getting surgery, which involves a lot of um, correction for people. If they have pain, they go and get surgery, but that doesn't always resolve the issue either. So um Anyways, he does have a book and it is called The Pure, The Pain Cure RX. And we're going to have him on here shortly so that he can explain what it is, how it came about. And especially after being in practice for 28 years and literally seeing thousands of people, I can totally relate. Um, we're excited to have him on. So let's bring the doctor on. Hello, Dr. Mitchell. Welcome to our podcast. It is great to be here with you. I am very excited. I think people are going to have their minds blown about really what's causing their pain and actually just how easy it is for them to resolve their pain when they understand what the cause actually is. 
So tell wow. us a little bit about you because I, we hear this accent and we were kind of chit-chatting before this. So I'm like, okay, is he from New Jersey? Is he from New York? Uh, he's he's not a Southerner. <laughs> no. So I am a hardcore New Yorker. I lived there uh, for 40 years and then decided that the cold weather was just a little too much to take. So in 2010, I moved to Florida. Um, I had a physical therapy practice going at that time, and it was during the process of my progression of awareness that the existing medical establishments prepositioned that the MRI is the gold standard in identifying the cause of pain just became obviously uh, clear to me that it was baseless. And so I've been on this path of learning how to relate symptoms to establish the cause and it's been this ongoing process for 28 years. As you mentioned, I've, met, I've written three books. I've done a PBS special. Um, I, for several years now, have been using Skype and now Zoom to treat people internationally uh, in terms of resolving their pain. And there's an incredible message to be learned. And that is that in more than 98% of cases of pain, the cause is muscular muscular mm. it is not structural it is not a herniated disc it is not arthritis it is not a men meniscal tear it is muscular and in that being the cause all it means is that with the appropriate targeted progressive resistance exercise you could resolve your pain quickly effectively and be fully functional wow and so when you created this yes method you created it for to be able to treat pain no matter where the pain is is this something that works for like head to toe is this something targeted for a specific area of the body or how does it work so it is in fact for pain anywhere from head to toe and the preposition is this for 40 years you have been told that the mri is the way of establishing the cause of pain you have pain in your back you have a herniated disc it's identified at the time you're having pain, therefore it's asserted to be the cause of pain. That is what is known as correlative theory or junk science. It is to say that if I open my front door when the sun rises, I can say opening my front door causes the sun to rise. It is the same premise. You could say that at the same time you're having pain, the MRI would find you have two elbows. So I could say, well, two elbows were found at the time you're having pain, therefore the cause of your pain is two elbows. Clearly. That's insane. It is the same preposition that this, the mere identification of the disc at the time being the cause of pain is simply baseless. You could take it to the next step and understand that studies have been done on people without pain. By 1994, the first study on people with no back pain was performed and 70% of the population were found to have herniated or bulging discs. 70% of people with no pain. So you can look at it from the concept of, of scientific study. You could also look at it from, well, I'll give you an example. Uh, let's say someone's having pain in the knee region. They get an MRI and it says that they're having, uh, they're found to have a meniscal tear as the cause of their pain. Well, the meniscus or the cartilage lies between the thigh bone and lower leg bone. But their pain is actually around the kneecap. That is actually a separate joint. There's a joint between the kneecap and the thigh bone. 
So you're being told that the cause of your pain at one joint is from something that exists in a separate joint. It doesn't work like that. The cause of pain must be where, or, or the symptom of pain must be where the cause is supposedly being asserted to be. So a meniscal tear can only cause pain between the thigh bone and lower leg bone. It cannot cause pain around the kneecap. Therefore, that's impossible. So you have to say, well, what can cause pain around the kneecap? Well, the kneecap is controlled based on the front thigh muscle, the quadricep muscle. So if the quadricep muscle were to pull excessively by becoming, say, tight, too tight, it would cause excessive compression of the kneecap. And as you bend your knee, you would feel pain. So although you're having pain at the knee joint, the cause is a muscular deficit, an imbalance between the front thigh muscle and back thigh muscle. To resolve the pain at the knee joint, you would simply have to stretch the quad and strengthen the posterior thigh muscle. That would simply take a week, two weeks, and you could be pain-free. So that is an example of how a muscular cause can create pain at a joint. So you're saying that the muscle imbalance between like, for example, um, as you're talking about um, knee pain right now. So you're saying that the imbalance between the muscles in the front, which would be like the quadriceps and the muscles in the back, which could include the glutes and, of course, the hamstrings and the gastro. And mm -hmm. um, those are so if that's imbalanced, then you're going to have the biomechanics of the knee is going to be off, therefore creating that pain. Absolutely, irrefutably. And and the presentation isn't just the pain itself around the kneecap. What if you muscle tested the muscles? You would find that the quad is stronger than the hamstring. What if you flexibility tested? You would find that the quad is tight. What if you check the kneecap mobility on that side? You would find because the quad is tighter, the kneecap has a harder time moving side to side. So what you understand through the YAS method is that it interprets all symptoms being presented by the body to determine what tissue is in distress eliciting those symptoms. That's the key. The symptoms tell the tale. Diagnostic testing just finds structural variations that exist. They've existed for years prior to the symptom. They'll exist for years after the symptom is resolved. They are an independent variable. That's why the use of the MRI is the cause of chronic pain, misdiagnosis. You're finding a tissue, you're treating a tissue that is not the tissue in distress. Therefore, the tissue in distress continues to be in distress, eliciting the emergency distress signal of pain. So would you kind of equate that like with an imbalance in a vehicle? It's kind of like you have four tires, they're all inflated properly. You run over something and you puncture one tire and you have to put the spare on there or a different size tire that you keep running the vehicle eventually you're going to get wear and tear on other areas. Are you kind of equating it to that? Sure. I'll, I'll give you kind of a, a, a car-related concept. All right. I take a sledgehammer, and I beat the living crap out of the driver's side door panel. Then I take all the air out of the tires. The tires are completely flat. I get in the car. I turn the car on. I put the car in drive. The car doesn't move. I go to the orthopedist, and I say, what's wrong with the car? He's going to say, the door panel smashed in. I mean, I could take a picture of it. You could see it. A blind man can see that the door panel's bashed in. So therefore, you need to change your door panel, right? 
So you're seeing a structural component, but what is the symptom telling you? You were able to get into the car. You were even able to turn the car on and put it in drive. So clearly the door panel, although structurally varied, it's not the cause. The symptoms are telling you the car is trying to move. It's having difficult difficulty. You would have had to have recognized that it was the air being taken out that was the cause. So the only way you're going to make the car function properly is to fill the tires back up with air. So the idea that structural variations are identified doesn't necessarily mean they're the cause. The symptom will tell you the tale. And the best way to understand this is that people get old and they end up with wrinkles on their skin. Do people get skin grafts every time they get a wrinkle? Is that the common practice? No. Why? Because you say, although there's a structural abnormality of the skin, the integrity of the skin is still completely intact. It does its job to prevent antigens from entering the body. So you can have a structural abnormality and it require no intervention. Herniated disc, stenosis, arthritis, pinched nerves, meniscal tears are basically wrinkles that are internal. That's the way you have to start thinking about this. So thinking about it in, the, in that sense and with what you share that most of the pain is misdiagnosed by MRIs and other uh, modalities, Yep. And considering that so many people are being misdiagnosed then and the, the cause of the pain is being treated, but it's not truly the cause of the pain, then people are going on about their days and treating something that is not causing their pain. And therefore, they continue to be in pain for months and even years. And I think you and Dr. Linda and myself have had patients that are in pain for over 30 years and they yes. continue to be in pain. So how, how, what's the difference and how do you work with someone who's had chronic pain for years and years and years versus someone who uh, perhaps just came to you recently after an injury and has experienced pain for only a short amount of time? So let's basically identify what acute pain is and what is chronic pain. This is the theoretical basis of why, by the way, the idea of chronic pain has not ever existed in the history of mankind until it began in the late 1980s and early 1990s. During the Greek period, Roman period, you could look at the annals of, of the medical writings. It's never existed until now. So you have to say, well, why now? And the answer is technology. What has happened is automation technology and the advancements and all of this type of stuff have led people to use their bodies less. Right. So as a result of that, their muscles weaken. When you then decide to use your muscles, they are going to strain. OK, so if you understand that as the cause, we can say that what's the big picture going on here? You live in a gravitational environment. So there is a force being applied to you every time you try to perform an activity. Your muscles must create a force output that is equivalent to that force requirement or the muscles are going to strain and elicit pain right so what is the cause of 98 percent of acute pain the answer is the force requirement of the activities is greater than the force output of the muscles or the opposite the force output of your muscles is just not equivalent to the force requirement of your activities right so that's what's causing acute pain now if you accept the fact that you then have that pain, you seek care through the medical establishment. They do diagnostic tests and establish the cause to be structural through the inappropriate use of diagnostic testing. Well, 
what have you done to change that relationship of two those two forces? You still have the same lack of force output for the force requirement, so your pain continues. So the answer to what is chronic pain, it's misdiagnosed acute pain. So what's happened is over the 40 years, because no one seems to have a hold on this, people have now tried to equate chronic pain with chronic illness. They are not the same. They're not even close to the same. Chronic illness describes a deterioration of a tissue, cirrhosis of the liver, uh, stenosis of the valve. These are tissues that are deteriorating. Pain is not a tissue. It's a signal of a tissue in distress. So the only reason that it exists for any sustained period of time is because that tissue has not been identified as the tissue in distress and therefore an intervention provided to resolve the distress of that tissue. That's the answer. You have to just go to the basis of all this stuff. And the basis is that when does pain begin? At the inception of distress of the tissue. It immediately, the tissue itself immediately elicits that, that distress signal of pain. So if you use the proper method for diagnosing, you would establish that tissue, resolve the distress of that tissue. Therefore, what can you say about chronic pain? It's an oxymoron. It should never, those two words should never go together. It's impossible. If you use the proper diagnose, the diagnostic model, then pain should always remain acute. That's what people have to understand. That's why they should be so angry that chronic pain exists at this level. And it's interesting as you're saying all this, because I'm still a couple days a week, I'm still in, um, in a practice where I physically see patients. And I live in a city where there's a lot of uh, people that retire. There's, well, you're, you know, in Florida, you know that. That's where a lot of the snowbirds uh, migrate. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I have seen in the practice too, and, and it's really about people are, are over fat, under muscled. Correct. And that has to do with activity level, but also I'm such a big proponent of, I mean, diet is everything. I mean, mm -hmm. you can go and do a lot of these things, whatever other doctors are prescribing, but you still have to have a pretty healthy diet. And just from some of Dr. Lehman's work, not sure if you're familiar with his, his work in geriatrics and nutrition and medicine and metabolic function, um, the protein intake is very important as well. So that between what you're saying with, it, it sounds more to me like you're saying a person is under muscled. There's no question. So, so if, if, the answer, you want to look at things from a historical perspective. Prior to the 1990s, what was the typical group? You even just described it. The typical group that suffered from pain. It was the elderly. It was always the elderly. They would always say things like, oh, I've got rheumatism. I've got rheumatism. Look at old movies. It's always the old person, right? Well, why the old person, not anyone younger? Well, because they retired. It was an acceptable concept. What happens when you retire? You do less. Well, I've worked with a 21-year-old girl who told me she thought she had a bobblehead. She couldn't support the weight of her head. She's 21. Mm -hmm. Look at joint replacement, back surgery, all the stuff that's being done. The age used to be 60 to 80, 60 to 90. 
There are 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds getting joint replaced. This is insanity. Mm -hmm. This is insanity. Clearly, something has changed in the last 40 years to allow the age group of that person suffering from chronic pain to plummet from the retired to the teens in the 20s. What's the answer? What changed? Technology, technology, technology. That 21-year-old girl spends all day looking at her iPad. All day, all day. She studies like that. She watches YouTube video like that. That's it. Well, what you're doing is you're creating an eccentric load. Her head is no longer over her spine. It's in front of her spine. That's a load that's going to have to be picked up by something. And the thing that picks up loads is muscle. So she's going to end up straining the muscles that support her head. And if you go to a lot of medical people, they're going to tell her, well, don't do that. That's <laughs> not life. Life was never about don't do that. Life is about you want to do something, condition yourself to do it. By the way, the premise of overuse concept. Oh, I play tennis and it's I get pain because of oh, it's a fallacy. The implication there is that the activity has too great a load for your muscles. It's just the opposite. But the activity is something you want to do. It requires a certain force output. Condition yourself so that you have the force output, and then you do whatever the hell you want. That's what people are searching for. That's the message of the Oz method. So, so if I someone... A little crazy about this? <laughs> I love how your passion just comes out. <laughs> yeah. So if, someone, if someone's listening right now and they have pain and they've been dealing with pain and not having any clear solutions or clear diagnosis or correct diagnosis for that matter, what's, what, what's the steps that someone needs to take if they're experiencing that in, their, in this moment? So... As I said, it's literally pain from head to toe. So I just mentioned like neck pain and even migraine headaches. You don't necessarily have to take the Botox. I mean, it just, it's insane. The, by the way, but what is the purpose of Botox? It's to, it's to paralyze the muscle. So by definition, they've acknowledged that the problem to the headache is muscle. So the question then is, well, if it is a muscle, what do you got to do? You got to strengthen the appropriate muscles, get your posture correct and support the head. Um, I could go all the way down and I've written some articles on plantar fasciitis and even bunions. So the average person says, oh, I got a bunion. I guess I just have to go scrape it down. Well, I've treated people who have had their bunions scraped five times and it still keeps coming back, right? So you got to say to yourself, well, what's the cause of the bunion? Well, you were designed to wait there through all five balls of your feet. That's why you got them. And if amazingly, your hip muscle is weak, it's going to shift your pelvis slightly to the inside. You'll no longer wait through all four, five balls of the feet. You're going to wait back through the first ball of the foot. That excess load is going to put stress on the ball of the foot, and the body is very adept at saying, excess force, I got to do something. It's going to cause hypertrophic bone growth, and you're going to develop a bunion. And Just so you understand, if it was the bone itself creating the pain, how come when you take you, you take the load off, you, you, you sit down and you take the load off, you don't have the pain there anymore? If it was the bone itself, you would have pain 24 hours a day. The fact that you take the load off and the pain is only there when your weight bearing is telling you it is the force on the bone that's creating the irritation. So literally, I just gave you from headaches to neck pain, 
to bunions and plantar fasciitis. Anything in between, what you need is a physical evaluation that is done. It is at the core of the YAS method. It is how all evaluations are identified. If we accept that a tissue in distress is eliciting a symptom and each one of these tissues creates very specific symptoms, we can interpret the symptoms to tell what the tissue is. Bone, muscle, nerve. I can tell you what it is based on your symptoms. Can the MRI identify a muscular cause? If you have that imbalance, as we discussed prior, prior, where the quad is too strong relationship to the hamstring and it's pulling excessively on the kneecap, can that show up? The answer is no, right? But that meniscal tear will show up. So you go to the person, you have that imbalance creating your symptom, but the meniscus shows up. You get that treated, not the muscular cause. Well, if you had come to the YAS method and you had a chance to get a physical evaluation, I would be looking at your posture, your movement. I would have tests done. And as a result of that, we would confirm what the tissue is in distress is. Muscle can create pain at the muscle. It can create pain at a joint. By the way, muscles can refer symptoms, which is a mind-blowing concept to the average person. They assume only nerves can refer symptoms. So that person that's laying on their side, fall asleep and wake up with their hand numb, that ain't from your neck. That ain't no cervical disc problem. That's a referred symptom from the infraspinatus, a rotator cuff muscle. And if you looked at a trigger point chart, which is available readily, available anywhere, you would see that the infraspinatus can refer symptoms down to your hand. Mm -hmm. So all of this can be understood by getting that physical evaluation. That is the core of the OS method. That's how it's done. So let's talk about that. So let's say somebody comes in to, and, and right now you're doing, I'm assuming everything's via Skype. If you're not seeing any patients um, in, in person right now. So you basically can look at them structurally via Skype, Zoom, and, and figure something out like, okay, these muscles are imbalanced. Let's strengthen um, these, you know, these anterior muscles or these posterior muscles. Let's just use an example, like, like you were saying with, you know, bunions, because that's very, very common in, in the older, um, older people. Sure. And so, how how would you go about that? What does that look like? That methodology is that you were talking about. What is it? Okay. Like? So your symptom is pain, your, your symptom that you're describing is pain at the first ball of the foot. But you might not only have that as a symptom. I know for sure that that's from a weak glute med. And so the purpose of the gluteus medius is if this is your thigh and this is your pelvis, the gluteus medius sits on the outside and it tries to pull the pelvis up and keep your pelvis level. If it's weak, the pelvis will drop and you'll fall to the inside. So that person, when they single leg stand on that side, probably has a bit of problem with that. And I might find them waddle to that side. So I would be asking them to walk. And along with their pain, I'm going to say, hey, by the way, you notice you waddle a little bit? Well, that also is a symptom. You see, these all go together. They all go together. That's what people have to understand. It's not just the pain. It's the other symptoms that the body is presenting to give you the full understanding of what tissue it is. So if it's muscle, you're probably going to have a movement pattern problem and also a postural problem. 
Now, if in fact they have that bunion, I'll bet you a million bucks I'll find that that person's pelvis isn't level. Because the only way to keep a level pelvis is gluteus medius is on both sides. Have to be equal in force. Well, if you had that, you wouldn't have the bunion. So I'm also going to find an altered posture. So I go through all this process and then I provide a narrative. The narrative is that you're having pain at the first ball of the foot because the gluteus medius muscle is weak. It has caused you to move your center of mass instead of directly over the midline of the foot to the inside of the foot. You're weight-bearing excessively on the inside of the foot, which causes the arch to be stressed. The muscles that support the arch, the anterior and posterior tibialis muscles, have eventually broken down because it was a force they couldn't take. So you've lost the ability to support yourself. Now you're fully weight-bearing on the ball of the foot, causing hypertrophic bone growth. The way to resolve the pain is to strengthen the gluteus medius muscle and the anterior and posterior tibialis muscles, along with possibly the hamstring and the butt. And I would provide them a specific exercise program, a purposeful exercise program, which allows individual muscles to be strengthened appropriately, allowing them to work against progressive resistance. That is the way, the only way that a muscle can actually get stronger to the point where its force output is greater than the force requirement of the activities, that would lead to the end of all symptoms and be fully functional. So what you're saying is that really no matter what where the pain is, if they get the pro appropriate diagnosis and they get to the bottom of the problem, if they get to the root of the problem and they are targeting strengthening the muscles and doing what the problem is to resolve it, then they wouldn't have to take any medications. They wouldn't have to spend uh, tons and tons of money on diagnostic procedures, surgeries, and more. They can literally do these exercises at home safely, and their pain can go away. Absolutely. Irrefutably. I mean, it's not even, it's, it's, a, it's a guarantee. So you always see these, these stupid things being sold about pain, and you'll always see things like act to portrayal. Uh, results not typical. I'm telling you right now, if I confirm the cause of your pain is muscle and you do the correct exercises correctly with the correct resistance, I'm guaranteeing you 100% chance you are pain-free and fully functional in the whatever time it takes for you to achieve the proper output of your muscles. Done. End of story. I have treated thousands of people scheduled for surgeries who I was able to confirm the cause was muscular regardless of the diagnostic finding I still resolve their pain fully. I have treated people who got all those crappy false surgeries. They were still in as much pain, if not greater, confirmed the cause was muscular, still strengthened them even after the surgery, and they were still brought to pain-free and fully functional. 28 years. And how long would that take? Like a, a, a typical treatment for pain? How long would the person have to do these exercises and follow up with you uh, through the YAS method in order for them to find themselves finally pain-free? So the I would say the average person, depending obviously on, it, it has to do with the severity of the straining, how long they have allowed this to occur, occur how many comp compensatory changes have occurred. But I always am looking for two to three months at best. Two to three months. Now, the way this works is when you do that Zoom session, the session is videotaped. It's videotaped. So you're not, I don't expect you, you don't need me every time you do exercise. You make you better. You make you stronger. 
So the first session is based on the idea of I'm going to evaluate you, establish what the cause of your pain is. I am then going to go and give you a demo. I'm going to then demonstrate the appropriate exercise you need. You're going to perform them under my supervision. It's all videotaped. So I'm going to send that to you for the next three to four weeks. You're going to do it on your own. You're simply mimicking what you're doing, what you just did in front of me to confirm you're doing it correctly. Then four weeks later, we're going to do a follow-up. I'm going to make sure that you're achieving your goals. You're going in the right direction. We may have to tweak the exercises. We may give you some more exercises, but that's the process that follows. You see me every four weeks. That's all I want. And usually it's a two to three month process. Um, I, I treated a lady in Australia. She had a hip replacement she never needed. They followed up with an osteotomy. She, they, they cut back some uh, bone. They went to a tendon lengthening. She still had the same exact symptoms. It took us about five or six months, meeting one time a month. She is pain-free, fully functional, doing everything she wants. And by the way, the lady does um, training with dogs. Uh, the um, uh, What's that called? I forgot the type of uh, thing is where she's out and she makes the dogs run through different types of situations. Um, and, and she is doing it fully back. She thought she'd never get back to it, and she is doing it fully. So that is the way it works. And, and I can assure you, the system is what it says it is. So do you also see results structurally, like from x-rays, like we were talking about, um, restoring a curve in the neck, maybe bunions. So when you say, do you, can you see the changes on x-rays? God, that is one of the greatest questions because that's awesome. So the person's, let's talk scoliosis. The planet has been told scoliosis causes pain. Scoliosis can't cause pain. It's impossible. It's a meaningless statement. What is scoliosis? Scoliosis is misalignment of bones, right? The implication is that the spine, because it's misaligned, is causing pain. What would cause bone to elicit pain? What is the only thing, regardless of the bone, what causes bone to cause pain? Fracturing. Fracturing causes bones to cause pain, right? There is no fracturing. So the misalignment of the vertebrae is not what's causing pain. The misalignment of the vertebrae is a symptom of a weakness or imbalance of the muscles that attach to the spine. So... You have to see scoliosis as a symptom, not a cause. If, in fact, I correct the muscular deficit, I will see a correlative change in the spine. I had a guy who had the most extreme S-curve in his back. It was there because if you looked at his pelvis, I mean, it was up there. Remember, if the pelvis is level, it's a level foundation. The spine sits on the pelvis. It's perpendicular. If the pelvis changes its angle, then the spine goes off to the side. You're, no one's going to walk outside to the side of them, so they're going to keep trying to find their way back. That's what leads to the scoliosis. So what we need to do is correct the strength imbalance between the glute meats. The pelvis becomes level. The spine is vertical. You got it made. And so this guy was able to show me three x-rays three months sequentially, and it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. We had corrected his scoliosis. I love that. That's awesome. Where uh, where can people, so you have a book based on treating thousands and thousands of people. So 
can they correct this using your book program or do they have to schedule a one-on-one -on -one with you? How is that? Because you can't literally see everyone or take on everyone as a patient suffering with pain and we have millions of people. So can that be found through your book as well? Yeah. So um, actually, it's as I was kind of telling you originally, um, it's kind of a funny thing. So I've been doing this for 28 years and I came up with the understanding and I just saw it as science. I'm a science guy. I figured this stuff out and it's great and it allows people to benefit from it. So I wrote books, three books, in fact. Overpower Pain, The Pain Cure Rx, and The Yas Method for Pain Removement. I did a PBS special. And I thought, well, this is great. People will have this information and they'll be able to benefit from it. And in a more recent period of time, I recognized that for the masses, we guessed, me and a friend guessed that maybe 100,000 people even know I exist on the planet. At best, maybe 100,000 people out of a billion people suffering from chronic pain. So he said, well, if you want to create more exposure and more awareness, you're going to have to do some sort of social media and podcasts and all this other stuff. And that's what I'm doing. Well, as part of this concept, we said, well, there's going to be a point at which this will get beyond you. And so I've begun the process. I've created a certification program. And so the goal is that over the next year, I'm going to develop people who will become certified to be able to do Zoom sessions. And we will expand the ability of more and more people to be able to benefit from the OS method by having more practitioners to be able to provide it. Right now, it is just me. That is a fact, yes. Um, the best way you can get in contact with me is through either email at drmitchellyas.com. If you've listened to this and it makes sense to you and you want to make an appointment, you just go to my website, livewithoutpains.com. Dot com live without pains.com it's plural live without pains.com slash session you'll be right there there's calendly is there and you can schedule a session if you want and um i would i mean i i can only say i could highly recommend it <laughs> if you want to finally get out of pain if you're in pain and this is one i just did a podcast uh, just an, uh, another youtube video also i said the person has to at some point say if I've been in pain for months or years, don't they have to be eventually saying to themselves, well, why do you think that is? Why am I still in pain? I've invested years and or months and years of time. I've seen multiple practitioners. I've gotten surgeries. I've tried addictive prescription medications. I've done everything they've told me, and yet I'm still in pain. You gotta at some point say, what's wrong? Why are 130 million Americans and why are 1 billion people suffering from chronic pain? It's right over my head. Just read it. Read it. It's right there. Misdiagnosis is the only answer for chronic pain. Now, you have to understand from a personal perspective, you're not totally normal. If at some point in your life you say, I think I came up with something that nobody else has. You're a little cuckoo, and I got to admit, <laughs> I've gone through years of introspective thinking to try to come to terms with the fact that this really did happen to me. But I will be out there every day. I believe everyone has the right to be pain-free and fully functional. And I have ultimately come to the, understand of, the understanding of the difference between righteousness and wisdom. 
I put a lot of pressure on myself because I thought it was right that I knew this. And all these people should have the right to resolve their pain. The wisdom that came to me finally was understanding that only those that seek it will be willing to accept it and benefit from it. And that's why I always say it is my moral and ethical obligation for, to help anybody that seeks this from me. That is my, my, my statement to anybody who's in pain. Wow. To seek it, but also to take action. Absolutely. Right, right Fernanda? <laughs> Absolutely. Nothing happens until you make a decision and you take action. And what you're saying is very true that a lot of people have lived with chronic pain and they've been probably asking the question or they may not be asking the question because they have resigned themselves to live a life full of pain, thinking that there is no solution. But now you know different. Now you know better. Now you have raised your awareness to know that there is a solution, that there is a chronic, I mean, uh, the root of the problem may be laying somewhere else where you haven't explored. And therefore, now that you know different, taking action, it's going to get you different results that you haven't had before. So it's always asking the questions, the right questions, and then following through, taking action, and seeing where that takes you in your life. So now with that, uh, if anyone is interested in finding out more about Dr. Mitchell, yes, about the YAS method, if you have chronic pain, if you've been dealing with anything like that, or you know someone who may benefit from learning more about this system, this program, this technique, and, uh, you find out more about Dr. Mitchell in general, just visit the website livewithoutpains.com. You can schedule the Calendly right there. And then also buy one of the books. Inform yourself. Take also, I, have a, I also have a YouTube channel, Dr. Mitchell Yas, an Instagram channel, live underscore without underscore pains, a Facebook uh, page, the Yas Method. There is so much free information. I write for Bottom Line Health, the largest subscription newsletter in the United States. I write for what doctors don't tell me that don't tell you. It's a international magazine sold in 20 countries, translated into 14 languages. The information is out there. I've oh, that's the funny part is that I spent all my time focusing on getting the information out there that I really didn't pay attention with the idea that you need a business model. That, that's how mm -hmm. sick this thing had become. But now there's a little bit of a business model. I'm getting more organized and we're going to um, I, I probably treated close to 15,000 people over 28 years. My friend has said to me, we want you by the time you are ready to set it all down to have treated 15 million people. And that that's the intent. That is where we really want to go with this. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much for coming on and sharing with our audience. And we'll definitely be sending out the links and um, connecting others with your information. I believe that everyone can benefit from this. So thank you so much for coming on. Oh, it is absolutely my pleasure. Thank you, thank you for helping me spread the word that being pain-free and fully functional, is, it, it can be a reality. And it's a reality that's within your grasp. You don't need anybody else to help you get there. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. Thank you so much. And thank you for our audience for connecting once again on another amazing, powerful episode of Wellness Wednesday Inspiration. Look up Dr. Mitchell. Yes. Google him. 
find him on Facebook, Instagram, follow him, make sure that you are listening to the YouTubes and reading his books and really finding out more information about this. This is definitely something that can help transform so many people's lives and so many people can benefit. So I want to thank you once again. Thank you for our audience for connecting with us once again, and we will see you all next week. Great. See you all. Bye. Mm -hmm.